You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. So before uh, I go in, I I want to just read the last um, paragraph of the letter that I uh, wrote, if that's okay. Um, I'm going to read it to you. It says, we are confident that God has something special in store for Shining Star in 2019. During this time of change, we believe God is opening doors of opportunity for people to rise up and for revival and refreshing to occur. Our desire for the church stays constant, to grow as a community and support missions. Our hope is not in people or circumstances. Our hope rests only in the Lord. So today, what I want to speak on, and this is the question that I want you guys to answer for yourself as well, is a really simple question is, why are you here? Why are you here? Out of all the other churches, out of all the other places you could be, out of all the other things that you could be doing at this moment, why are you here? You know, maybe you've always gone to church. Maybe that's just something that you've grown up doing, and so it just makes sense for you to come here. Maybe there's that special person there. There's that guy or that girl that, man, you you want to date, and so you're kind of coming to church, and you're, you're kind of working on your life that way. Maybe you've been coming here for a while and you don't really know why. You have no idea why. For these next two weeks, we're going to be talking about what Shining Star is about. We're going to be talking about just who Shining Star is, what Shining Star is. And I believe that the more you realize how important and and the more you realize who who Shining Star is, you realize that we are based upon two foundational aspects. And those two aspects are community and missions. Those are our two desires. And for us, we are going all in on those two things. There is no other kind of focus where we're going towards. There's no other things. Those are our two main aspects of of where we're heading towards. But today in this service, I want to focus on church community. What does that mean? What does community really mean? And how does that affect us personally? And it's sad because in this generation, I think for us, we have a lot more distrust than trust for the church. And I think we all know at least one person, and maybe that's you, who have been hurt from the church. And it's just this abuse of power. And for a lot of us, we feel taken advantage of. So for many of us, the more we know about the church, the less we want to be involved in it. But historically, historically, that wasn't true. Peter here in this passage, he tells us that the first churches that rose up after Jesus were radically different than the rest of society. Radically different. They were a house for the broken. They were a place set apart for those who were hurting. They were a home for the lost. 
And so for us, as we go into this passage, we're going to see what true community is. And I pray and I hope that you listen with an open heart. Because some of this is not going to be easy, but I think it's necessary. You know, in the Bible, we see all these different metaphors that are used for the church. We are citizens of God's nation. We are children in God's family. But there's one metaphor that Peter uses that's actually very unique. And it's one that you don't really see in many other places. He says that we are living stones in God's temple. Strange. Verse 5, it says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. You see, when Christianity first began, it was completely different than what anyone at that time had ever seen. And for us as uh, Christians thinking back and and we try to think, what could be different? A lot of us say, oh, it's probably because maybe they were nicer than all the other people at that time. Maybe they gave more. Maybe they sacrificed more. But you see, at that time, there were people who were sacrificing to Zeus, to Apollo, to all these different gods, and they were giving just as much as Christians at that time, too. And so scholars, they said, no, that wasn't actually one of, that wasn't the main reason why Christianity was so different. Scholars said that the reason Christianity was so completely different was because it was the first religion in the history of the world that looked at all the temples that were being built and said, hey, you don't need that. You don't need a temple. They saw all the hierarchy, the priests that was there. They saw the sacrifices that were being made. They saw all the temples that were being built. And they said, no, no, you don't need any of that. Back then, people said, in order to experience God, that you needed a temple. They said that the only way that you would truly be able to know who God is, is by entering his house. You see, in Rome, temples were these extremely large, extremely uh, ornate and decorated buildings. They were right in the middle of the city. They were considered almost a city hall. And they were actually raised on platforms so that the temple would stand above all the other buildings. And what they would do is they they would carve the buildings out of stone. And so they would lay stone after stone perfectly on top of one another in order to house the presence of the Roman gods. But what Peter is saying is so absolutely radical in that he's saying, no, no, you don't need to lay stone on stone to experience God because you are the living stones. He's saying, no, you don't need to lay stone on stone. What it means is you lay Christian upon Christian to experience who God is. That's what community is. We look at this building and we see just a building. That's all it is. You see a pastor and he's a pastor and that's all he is. It's a title. It's a building. It's brick. That's it. But what community really is is when Christian lays upon Christian, is when we are intertwined and combined with one another. That is what true community is. And when you are truly together, when you are truly one, sacrificing, serving, loving, giving to one another, that's when you experience God. That is when you see the true presence of who God is. And that is what it means to be true living stones. You are a living stone being built up into a spiritual house. 
You see, do you want to experience God in 2019? Do you want revival to come down upon this place? I desire that so badly for this place. I want that so badly for Shining Star. And the way that happens is not through some other formula or through some other way or through some other program. It's through each other. It's going to be through each other. That is what community is. It's investment in each other. It's going above and beyond for each other. It's thinking about you more than me. That is what community really is. And this is what Peter is constantly telling the people. And this is what was so radical at that time. Because before then, it was all about the individual. It was all about what you could do within the building, about how you could serve the priest, about how much sacrifice you can make. And yet, Peter says, no, 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 we are the living stones. These stones beside us don't matter. You are what matters. The horizontal and the vertical is what matters. Our relationship with God is what matters. Our relationship with one another is what matters. That is what true community is. You want to experience God? Then invest in one another. But what I've seen is that there are Christians who want a deeper relationship with God, but go to whatever church they feel like on Sunday. They enjoy the service, and then that's it. They go from church to church, just staying on the surface and not investing or really knowing anyone. Does this type of Christianity match the concept of living stones? Absolutely not. When a stone is placed in a temple, it stays and it's molded into the very fabric of that place. You don't move stones. It's there. Are you willing to invest? Are you willing to get involved? And here's the thing, are you willing to get hurt? Because we're broken people. The church is not full of healthy people. It's full of brokenness and pain and sickness. And so the more you get invested into one another, the more you're going to get hurt. That's a fact. But at the same time, the more you will experience who God is. The more you will experience who Jesus is. That's the truth. You see, there is a specific place for a stone in the temple wall. Just like stones are built on top of other stones, there is a specific role for you as well. And for your role is to always have someone both above and below you. A stone, there's a stone that's below the stone that supports, and yet at the same time, there's a stone above that stone that is also supporting. For you, when you look at your life, when you look in this church, do you have a person or people that you can share your life with? Do you have that stone who is under you, who can support you and minister to you and serve you? You see, all throughout the Bible, God tells us this is what community is. It's not just a one-way street. It's both aspects. And so do you have that? Do you have that person behind you who is supporting you, praying for you, where you're able to give of your life, where you're able to tell them of your worries, about, where you're able to share your prayer requests? And at the same time, do you have that person who you are pursuing, who you're saying, no, no, I want you to know who God is. I want you to experience who he is more. 
Come on, brother. Come on, sister. I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you. Tell me more. This is what it means to be a stone. This is what it means to be living stones. But what our culture has conditioned us are to be Sunday Christians who pick and choose what we want when we want it. And that, you see, that that idea, that concept is nowhere in the Bible. In fact, I can promise you that type of idea, that type of idea where, where we don't want to get involved, where we want to just stay on the surface, that's not from God, that's from the devil. Because, look, when you get stressed, when you feel overwhelmed, when you sin, your first instinct isn't to lean upon the church, it's to run away. You will never grow in your faith when you have superficial relationships. You will never grow. You will never experience the power of God in your life that way. In verse 5, it says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up. You are being built up as living stones. As you go on top of one another, as you intertwine your life with one another, as you continue to grow in fellowship with one another, you yourself are being built up. And look, if you, if you know the gospel, and you have been walking with the Lord for a while, and yet you feel like it's okay that you can just come to church whenever you feel like it, never really get involved, I want to ask you today to make a choice. I want you to either come in and get involved and be one of the living stones, or I need you to get out. It's not okay to have just one foot in the door. Look, when Solomon, when he built the temple of the Lord, he thought of every single aspect of that temple. They planned it out to perfection. And they prayed over it constantly. And they prayed over all the stones as well as they were building that temple. And what happens is that each stone is so absolutely important and integral to the structure of the temple. You see, if a stone doesn't fit well, it can compromise every other stone around it. And so for us as a community, do you see that fit happening? Or do you see us just individual stones, not fitting together, not under one temple, just falling apart? And for us as Shining Star, for us as a church, we are not going to let that happen. And so for you, if you have been walking with the Lord, if you know who Jesus is, if you know what he has done in your life, then you need to choose. And you need to choose now. Coming to just one big meeting once a week, it's just not enough. Simply attending church and not having a goal is, is not enough. Church, why are you here? That's my question. Why are you here? of all churches, of all places, of all things that you could be doing right now, why are you here? 
You see, this is what a community is. And it's not an easy concept. It isn't. But that's what a church is, and that's how we grow as one body. And that's how we're going to continue to grow, because if you really want revival, if you really want transformation in your life, then you, you have to go in this direction. You can't have something else and also revival. You can't have some other place and also Jesus. It's, it's one or the other. And so now for us, now what? Now that we know what community is, what does it mean to live it out? Let's look at verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim in the excellencies of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter is saying to the church here that you are a chosen race. You are a holy nation, a people set apart. And the, old, the early church at that time, it was pretty unique because it was multi-ethnic. We see in the Bible that they didn't discriminate upon who could attend at that time. They were one church, they were one body, and yet how did that work? How were they from all these different backgrounds, and yet how were they one church? You know, when people ask uh, me to describe myself, when people, when I meet someone for the first time or, or I'm trying to just describe myself really quickly, I don't start out by saying my hobbies. I don't say, hi, my name is Danny. I, I like walks on the, in the park and Harrison Ford movies. And I, I don't say that, right? That, that's, that's weird. That's like a dating profile or something. But, but what, what I'm trying to describe myself, maybe I would say, hi, my name is Danny, and I'm Korean-American. And the reason I'd say that is because my culture is so much bigger than my hobbies. Do you get what I'm saying? And what Peter is saying is that a holy nation is that, when he says you are a holy nation, a people set apart, a holy race, He's saying that Christianity isn't just a club, it's a culture. So what's the difference? What's the difference between those two? When I tell you that I like walks on, in the park or I like Harrison Ford movies, you know one thing about me. Oh, Danny, he's, he might be you know, active somewhat. Oh, Danny, he's, he probably likes Indiana Jones. Oh, like that's it. But when I tell you I'm Korean American, I'm telling you about almost every aspect of my life. I'm telling you the food that I eat. I'm telling you how I talk and relate to older people. I'm telling you the, maybe the ways that I want to get married, the ways that I want to raise my kids. All these different things are slightly involved in, in my culture. You see, the, the culture isn't just a part of my life. It's the overall view of it. When Peter talks to us about being a holy nation, he's not talking about a part of you. He's saying that when God enters your life and you say that you're a Christian, it determines every part of you. Christianity isn't just your spiritual life. It encompasses your marriage life, 
your school life, your work life, your political life, everything. It's a culture, it's not a hobby. And when it comes to a nation, when it comes to a people group, there's always a leader. There's always a leader. That can be a king, that can be a president, that can be somebody, but there's always one person that sets the direction, that sets the vision, that tells you what to do, that everything is based on and around. And that for us, we are a nation led by Jesus Christ. He is our king, he is our president, he is it. And he sets the direction, he sets the vision. Everything is about him. All of the things that we say, all the things that we do, anytime you go into life group, anytime you go into members meeting, everything that we have to do is about him. That's it. That is what our vision is for. We, are, come, we come from all different backgrounds, we come from all different places, and yet we are one body because we are united in Jesus Christ and in him alone. That's it. And that is why we can say we are one body. And that is why we can say we are a community of believers. Look, I am Korean American, it's true. Maybe you come from a different background, but that doesn't matter. Yes, that encompasses some of the aspects of my life, but my life as a Christian encompasses everything about my life. And if that is who you are as well, then we have everything in common and nothing not in common. Do you see that? Your marriage life, your school life, your work life, if those things are truly affected by Jesus Christ, then we have everything in common that we can talk about. That is what it means to be a community of believers. That is what it means to be a true community here. And that's the only way that we will ever experience true transformation in our lives. Because Jesus Christ is the only one He's the only one that can bring true revival in this church. That's it. Do you really want that? Do you really want true revival? Do you really want your life to be changed? Do you want more than what this world has to offer? You are living stones being built up into a spiritual house. You want to experience God? Then experience one another. Join in with one another. Be a church, be a community. And look, I, I know that this can seem almost impossible for a lot of us. How do we change our culture? How can we change so many things about us? But let me read you verse nine one more time. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, people, they can misunderstand this, this verse. And they can think that when it says a chosen race or a chosen people, it sounds exclusive, like an elite club. But the wording here is very important. It doesn't say that you are a people that chose. It says that you are a chosen people. Christians are Christians not because they chose to be good or because they fulfilled requirements or because they're more faithful than anyone else. The gospel says that you are chosen simply through grace. Before you even knew God, he was chasing after you. Before you even repented of your sins, he loved you. God started it. He chose you. You know, for so long, 
when I was younger, I tried everything I could to please my parents. When I was younger, I thought that my parents, they would love me more if I did better in school, and, and I thought they loved me less if I did badly. I thought that if I could follow what they told me to a T, then they would show me more affection and love me more, and, and when I disobeyed them, I thought that they would hate me. But as I got older and I began to minister to other people, and as I began to hear their stories, I realized that a parent's love is like nothing that I've ever really seen. I've seen sons who steal from their mother and father, who are constantly drunk and high, who disrespect their parents, and yet still their parents desire nothing but the best for them. Their parents will lay down everything in a heartbeat to have their children taken care of. And that blew my mind. That even after their son, even after their daughter betrayed their trust, took everything from them, constantly disobeyed, yet they would still give and give and give to their children. You know, God, he has many titles. But there's a reason why one of the most common is Father. He is our good, good Father. We are here today. You are a Christian today, not through anything you have done, but simply because God is your Father. We have sinned. It's true, we have fallen short. And you know what? Today, after your church and tomorrow, you're going to sin again, and I'm going to sin. But God is our Father, and He loves you, and He cares about you. And it's only through this understanding, only through this realization that grace is everything, that you will ever change your life. It's only through this understanding that God did everything and we did nothing, that you will ever be able to change your culture. You see, our example in this is Jesus Christ. He is our cornerstone. And he is our royal priest. And because of him, we are a royal priesthood. Do you see how that's an oxymoron? A priest was the servant of the church. He was the one who took care of the poor, the blind, and the broken. Royalty on the other hand, were above everyone else. They were set apart, given the finest of things, and yet it says that we are a royal priesthood. Jesus, he is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the creator of the whole universe, and yet he came down to earth as a baby in a manger. He was poor. He was a carpenter, born of a carpenter. He had nothing. And for his 33 years of life, he served the people he created. This is who our cornerstone is. And this is the reason why we can be living stones, set apart and yet completely intertwined with one another. God has given us grace. But brothers and sisters, this grace, it comes with a cost. It means for you, and I'm talking to you, 
You're either all in or you're not. There's no in between here. Either you're investing in one another or you're not. Either you're simply walking to different churches and doing what you want, or you're invested a stone within this temple. Are you a living stone? Do you want to experience God? Do you want something new in 2019? Do you want to really know each other, grow with one another, pour out your heart, have someone pour out themselves onto you? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was this pastor who was a pastor during World War II, and he was this great man of God, and he died for his faith. But he wrote this book. It was called The Cost of Discipleship, and I'm going to just read a small part of that. Costly grace is the gospel. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow And it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life. And it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. Jesus has given us everything. He is our God. And my brothers and sisters, this this building is meaningless. My title is meaningless. Us being here, this, it's about community. It's about you and me coming together and, and experiencing God together. You are a living stone set apart. You are a royal priesthood set apart. You are a holy nation set apart. And the way that we will experience Jesus Christ, the way that you will truly know who he is, is by investing in one another. And so for us, for Shining Star Community Church, this is who we are. This is everything. And so my question to you is why are you here? Will you join us? Let's pray. Just take a moment just to pray that prayer right now. Is this who you want to be? Is this part of the church that you want to be a part of? There are a thousand different churches. There are a million different things that you could be doing right now. Why are you here? Why are you in this place listening to this sermon right now? God is calling you for more. God is calling you for more than this. Do you want to take that step? That means that we have to invest in one another, brothers and sisters. That means there's no more shakiness. There's no more back and forth. That means this is it. We are stones being built up into a spiritual house. And so I want you to pray and seek the Lord and look at your own heart right now. Is this who who you are? Is this what you want? If it is, then pray to the Lord. Seek him and he will answer you. 
Knock and he will open. So let's pray.